every day we get up, we spend time with God, we read our Bibles, we pray, and we ask God to open our eyes, our ears, our hearts, and our mouths to the people around us yeah. to help us to be, help us to bring inspiration and encouragement and hope to other people. That's what we're doing as we travel around. We've learned to sail, we've experienced a lot, but if that's all it was for the next five or 10 years, for us, that would be empty. It's really about the people that we meet and the lives that we can impact and um, in whatever way. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. We are here with Stephen and Carrie Neander. The website is sailingwiththankfulness.com. And they were in the Beyond Limitations book with Pat Masidi. And they are world travelers. They sail around the world. They have an incredible lifestyle. They have a really fun message. And we are going to find out what Stephen and Carrie are all about. So how are you guys today? We're doing really good. We're, in fact, just enjoying a bit of a break from all the adventures. We're back in Australia for a, a short time, catching up with family and friends. So uh, taking a holiday from the holiday. And what? in four weeks time, we'll be heading back. <laughs> so you have your cake and eat it too. You're not just permanently on vacation, but you can also circle back to the home base. You have not given up those family connections. That's right. It's important. It's just as important as what we're doing overseas is the roots back home. So can yeah. you tell us what you are doing overseas? What's it about and why are you doing it in the first place? Okay. I guess the first thing is what we're doing and what we're doing is sailing around the world. And it's really doing it one adventure at a time. We're not in any hurry, yeah. but just we're Christians. And so we're following God's leading and where he takes us to. But the interesting thing is that when we set out, we didn't have a boat. Not only did we not have a boat, but we didn't know how to sail. And we also didn't have any money. So for anybody that's out there that has a dream and thinks it's impossible, we're here to tell you that it's not impossible. You just have to keep taking one step. And so what we're doing is sailing around the world as we're doing that, our goal is to inspire, encourage, and bring hope to people. And so there's a message that we're um, getting out there that you really can pursue your dreams and you really can make a difference in the world. Yeah. And even the origin of this, where you said that you, usually when you think of when someone wants to sail around the world, they have the, those things in the checklist you mentioned, right? They have money saved up. They have a boat. They have the skills. And so... Was it difficult figuring these things out as you went along, like the boat and the money and the how to sail as you were on your adventure? Yes, everything was <laughs> difficult. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. What Sometimes when the problem is so large, you just can't solve the large problem. And so we just focused on the thing that we could do. For example, what did we do, Kerry, for 18 months before, before we had any money, before we had a boat? Before we knew anything really about sailing, what was the first thing we did for 18 months? We did some house sitting. So we packed up everything so that we could see how little we can travel with. And we packed up everything and we started living in people's houses and minding their pets and dogs. And that's what we're doing at the moment again yeah. when we come back. So when we come back from holiday, when we come back from our adventures, we come back and we live in other people's homes and look after their belongings and their animals. And so we did that for 18 months just to get an idea of what this nomadic lifestyle would be like. And that's something that we could do. And it didn't cost us anything to do that and to step out and do the first step. Yeah. And so that's, that's the thing, you know, whatever it is that, that a person wants to do, there's always something, some small step that can be taken on the way to getting to the ultimate, the what ultimate they want to dream. Do. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. That's a great lesson. You think about where your current situation is and whatever it is you want to accomplish, the reasons why you can't do that are probably manufactured, are probably made up, and there's always a path forward. And as you said, your phrasing was something like, do what you can do. And then also in your actions that you demonstrated doing dry run and saying, okay, like how can we, how can we earn money while we travel and how can we travel on very little? And then even yeah. I imagine just getting used to that nomadic lifestyle in the first place of being like, where are my surroundings and what's, what's nearby. And so then that issue of figuring out how to sail. That seems scary to me, right? Get, getting lost, getting stuck in weather, troubleshooting the engine. So what was that process like in the actual learning how to sail? It's not what was the process like, it's what is the process like. <laughs> and it's what will it be like? Because steep, it's steep. <laughs> a very steep learning curve. And it's really just the same principle that it's just so huge. I mean, the last few years, I've become a diesel mechanic, a plumber, an electrician, a sail repairer, a fiberglasser, a sailor. A weatherman. A weather expert and international regulations, visas, boat licenses, all this sort of thing. There's just been so many things to, to get across. It's not like just going and chartering a boat for a couple of weeks and you jump on and jump off and have a good time. It's a complete change of lifestyle and everything. So. Like I said before, it's just one step at a time. And Actually, if we had put all of those things together at the very beginning, it would have, have been it. overwhelming yeah. and we probably wouldn't have taken that first step. So it's really as you take the first step that the next steps come into line. And once you see, oh, gee, I can do this step, then the next step, oh, I can do that step. And now we're sailors. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Um, on the learning to sail trajectory, so a lot of people who might do what we're doing have been sailing all their lives they started when they're eight years old and um, it's just in their blood and so on sailing wasn't even on our horizon before the age of 50. it, it wasn't even something that ever ever conceived of imagining to do and when we actually bought the boat we didn't even know if we would get seasick, seasick. We'd, because we'd <laughs> never done it so we had no idea if we'd be seasick when we set out and started we knew nothing and you know what so back in that time when we were house sitting and just getting used to the nomadic lifestyle we thought okay so what can we do to start to learn to sail if we're going to do this sailing around the world thing and so kerry contacted somebody on gumtree which is a like an ebay in australia and they were seeking asking for somebody to come and help them on their boat so out on sydney harbour the fellow was quite elderly and he was having a bit of trouble so he just needed another pair of hands and so Kerry got us connected with him and we just went out on Sydney Harbour with him and he was teaching us a few things. And while we were investigating ways that we could get experience, somebody told Kerry mm. that you're too old to start sailing. And no one would ever have you as a crew person. No one would ever have you as crew and just forget it. Just give up. It's just a pipe dream. But we, <laughs> we could have listened to them, but we didn't. We just kept going one step at a time. Uh, I did some training with OIA training here in Sydney, Royal Yachting Association, Royal Yachting Association mm -hmm. and learnt the basics, just enough to be dangerous, as they say, and uh, and we set out. Yeah. But also, like we weren't just reckless. We did what we needed to do. So Stephen needed to get his skipper license to keep us safe. He needed to do his first aid training. I've done my first aid training. There was lots of things that by requirements we needed to do. So we made sure that we did everything that we needed to do as well. So we weren't just reckless going out, but we were very inexperienced. 
But one of the wonderful things that we've found in the sailing community is that people just love to help one another because they all remember what it was like when you first started. And so we had some beautiful people come alongside yeah. us and take us out for five day sails. And they came alongside our boat and they were watching the shape of the sails and they were saying, pull this in a little bit more, go at this sort of speed. And so they really mentored us as well. And we found that every step of the way, God has provided just the right person that we needed for that step of the journey. So we feel very blessed. Yeah, so if the first principle of pursuing your dream is to take a step, yeah. The second principle would be to find community. Yeah. And we can do we can always do so much on our own, but when we're in community and we have the support of other people and we can give support to other people, we can do so much more and yeah. achieve so much more. And just like people have helped us, we are so excited about helping other people too. We were just sitting in the car today thinking, gee, we've been on this journey now for three years. We haven't been on a regular job. We have been pursuing our dream now for three years. And we look back and go, oh my goodness, we're, we're doing it. We're actually doing it. And we're three years in now and we have got a community around us. And we, at the same time, also want to come alongside other people and see them stepping into their dreams. We see a lot of people that are stuck, that they've got these dreams and they're in a rut and they would really love to do something different. They would really love to step out. But fear is such a liar. Fear tells them that they can't do it. Fear tells them that it's impossible. And we want to come alongside these beautiful people and cheer them on and say, hey, look, if we can do it, we're both over 50. We've never sailed before, but we're living the dream. We took the step. We have community. If we can do it, you can do it as well. So when we started, I said we didn't have any money. <laughs> We'd both been previously divorced. Yeah. I'd lost my business. Kerry had some mental very, very traumatic things mm -hmm. happen that affected her mental health. And she had PTSD and it was just a complete mess and disaster. And so we bought a boat. We went over to Europe and we traveled. It's funny because we'd done a lot of research and, and we'd seen people take one year, two years, three years to find the right sort of boat for them. We went over to Europe. We spent one month traveling through Croatia and Italy and France, looking at boats. And at the end of that month, we bought a boat. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't really a boat that could take us around the world, but it was what we could do at the time. Yeah. But we had that boat for a year and then we sold it. And with the money, the circumstances came together and we were able to buy an ocean going, a proper ocean going boat for the same money as we'd received for selling the smaller boat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So again, like Kerry said before, if we try to really know how all these steps were going to fall into place at the beginning, it would just seem like impossible. But the truth is it's not impossible. Just take that one step yeah. and do what is possible mm. right in front of you to start with. Yeah. And there's a lot of relatable things that, that you're talking about here. And some things that are coming to mind is there's always that, uh, that, that dream that we have and we wait and we wait too many years and finally do it and think, why was I overthinking this too much if I had just, just taken that leap to begin with and figured it out? and went through the process, then then it could have I could have shortcut so much time. And that's what comes to mind when you mentioned that story about buying the smaller boat and then do, doing your travels with that and then later on trading it in. Just take action. And then that's also powerful what you're mentioning about not just going in alone. You can't yeah. learn karate just from reading a book. There's no way you'd be able to read a book on sailing and say, okay, I just, I flipped through the book. Now I'm ready to start sailing. This doesn't happen. You need the repetition, the practice, 
and the community of having like a mentor, that support group, and then the giving back aspect to get the emotion plugged in and the obsession in a good way, and then the adventure and the roller coasters. And so you've been sharing some of your, the upside of the good fortune and the luck, but I'm sure there have been some struggles, right? Some difficulties or maybe even some scary moments. So where is there anything you feel like sharing along those lines as far as like the darkness or the small moments of bad luck? Yeah, sailing is often described as 95% boredom and 5% being in terror of your life. <laughs> okay, and I don't know that's 100% true, but in, in a way it is. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of our sailing experience has been absolutely picturesque bays, waking up to sunrises every morning, all that sort of thing. But there have also been terrifying moments. Yeah. And some of that has been because of our inexperience, because mm -hmm. you just have to go through the challenges and to get the experience. And at the beginning side of the challenge, it's scary. So I can tell you one of the most scariest things for a new sailor is parking the boat in a marina. And for non-sailors, they may not understand this, but it is terrifying when you're new. And But the only way to do it is to go out and then come back and then you have to park and you learn. So far, I haven't hit any other boats, which has been awesome. I think the scariest time for us, we were sailing through the Greek islands and it was in winter. Uh, we'd had advice from a good friend not to sail the Greek islands in winter. He said he would never ever sail in January through the Greek islands. And so we waited till February. He also <laughs> said he wouldn't sail in February, but not with quite as much enthusiasm as the January. But we had to because of visa restrictions. Yeah. Some, you can only stay in a country for three months and then you need to leave. And so you have no option sometimes. So we'd spent a year learning to sail in Croatia. And at the end of that year, we started heading south through Montenegro, Albania, and then through Greece and across to Turkey. And so in winter sailing through Greece, we were sailing from an island called Ios to another island called Astapalia. Mm. It's about 70 nautical miles, which is, I don't know, 110 or 20 kilometers. So it was going to be an all day sail. Yeah. So we checked the weather forecast. It was going to be reasonable winds about 20 knots, which is say 30, 35 kilometers an hour, not very, not too strong. Two meter seas, so two meter waves. Again, we'd done that before. That was all pretty good. But the thing that we learned, the weather forecasts in Greece are normally about half of what is that you're actually going to experience. But we didn't know that at that time. But we didn't know. So instead, we experienced 40 knot winds, which we'd never experienced before. We experienced four to five meter seas. So that's like a house coming towards you made of water. And because of the distance, we had that for 12. It was just the funny thing about being in a situation that you've never been in before that where you're fearing for your life <laughs> is that it helps you to focus. And so for that 12 hours, I basically became like a robot and just yeah. I knew what I needed to do. Yeah. I was very scared, but I just knew the steps. Yeah. And so I just kept doing the next thing, the next and it's what I, it's, I guess this is a common, yeah. a common message I'm saying, but I just kept doing the next thing and going up over these massive waves coming down so fast and hitting the wave at the wrong angle and the boat starts to tip over and worrying that we're going to capsize and the wind was so powerful and you could yeah. hear the masters creaking and the steel wires are all like that you can hear them straining and you the can, wife is shrieking the wife is shrieking <laughs> and and knowing that i've still got 10 more hours of this yeah. 
but we obviously got through it. And I think we one of the important principles is we knew what to do. Like we'd had, we'd practiced in the gentle winds. Yeah. We'd practiced when there wasn't life at stake. We'd practiced everything. And so what we needed to do is just put into practice what we already knew and keep going Yeah. and not give up. Yeah. Another scary <laughs> story was... Maybe we shouldn't tell them too many scary stories because well, this... no one else jump out and do it. <laughs> This wasn't so much scary as challenging, and this was right at the beginning. So when we left to go to Europe to begin this journey, it was right in the, at the beginning of the COVID and everything in Australia. And at the time, nobody was allowed to leave Australia. And yet we had this boat over there and we were going to start our journey around the world. So we were able to get an exemption, which was great. But when we got to the airport, they wouldn't let us on the plane. Mm. And they were not going to let us on the plane until they had spoken to the Croatian police, which was where we were going. And they had verified that they weren't going to send us back again. Yeah. And so it was literally a couple of minutes before the flight closed for boarding that they were finally able to get through. So for three hours at the airport, we'd gone through all of this, the 18 months of house sitting and all the dreaming and the preparing and the yeah. scraping together money and everything we'd done. And it was all going to come crashing down because of some rule that government had imposed. And, uh, but we were able to get on the plane and begin. And uh, miraculously, we were largely spared from all of those, yeah. you know, the craziness that happened over the next couple of years. But it's not because we're special, it's just because we just kept taking a step, kept taking a step, yeah. And also we, as Christians, we also believe that God goes for us and he says he'll turn bad things around for good. And so we walk in that every day, mm. every day. Yeah. So every day we get up, we spend time with God, we read our Bibles, we pray, and we just ask God to open our eyes, our ears, our hearts and our mouths to the people around us yeah. to help us to be help us to bring inspiration and encouragement and hope to other people. And that's really what we're doing as we travel around. I think I think we're, we've learned to sail, we've experienced a lot. Yeah. But if that's all it was for the next five or 10 years, for us, that would be empty. It's really about the people that we meet and the lives that we can impact and um, you know, in whatever way. And Stephen's always said, it's only about the one. If we can just encourage one person to live their dream and one pe person to take that step or one pe person to overcome fear and to really fulfill what God has called them to do, then we feel like we're doing what we need to do. Well, th this is amazing and inspiring. And I'm just, I'm hearing a lot of how both of you are embracing the obstacles and the challenges. And there, there's always something, right? There's always something in your way to be overcome, whether it's the, the immigration or authorities maze to deal with or the weather or whatever logistic issue. So there's always some kind of challenge in front of you. And the question seems to be, do you want to let it give the get the best of you or give up? or figure out a way to solve that and have fun and have an adventure with it because it's far too easy to get caught up in the day-to-day, -day, right? To say, yeah. I need to go and rush to get my coffee and go to work and check the phone. And too many people are like that where they're just, there's no time to expand the mind, which it seems like you two have done with learning these skills and traveling. And also, I just, I keep thinking about what you said there, Stephen, about the 95% 
boredom and then the five percent terror and i imagine there's a lot of time when you're just out there in the water enjoying nature to have these psychological internal discussions in your head and just think about what life's all about and think about how you're giving back and think about just the journey that you're on and i checked out your website sailingwiththankfulness.com and i'm super impressed you guys uh, update that and you have a way of tracking the boat. And so what's next for you? What's this, as you said, you're not gonna have this five or 10 year empty journey, but what is the plan? What is this leading towards? And what's on the horizon for both of you? Okay, so to date, we've mainly done coastal sailing. So we've hopped from bay to bay, day trips, and we've made our way for several thousand miles doing that. This year, when we head back, we're going to start heading west across the Mediterranean, probably ending up in Morocco or Portugal. And what that means is multi-day passages where we'll set out and we won't see land for four or five days. And so that's a step up. It's things we haven't done before, and it's a whole other level for us. Next year, we're planning to head across the Atlantic. And again, we had a friend who we told this to a while back, and he said, there is no way you're going to be able to cross the Atlantic. You're too old, you don't have the right boat, you don't have enough experience, but you know what? We're gonna do it because we know the risks, we know what need, we know the experience we need to gain, we know the equipment we need for the boat. All of that is there. We just have to do step by step. And so as far as the journey is concerned, that's really our next big thing is to build our experience this year so that we're ready to cross the Atlantic next year. And in terms of the purpose of what we're why we're doing this, as Kerry said, it's really about just finding one person. And it doesn't really go beyond that. It's just a series of one, one person. Yeah. And to see somebody else come alive, yeah. to really connect with their dream and yeah. the purpose that, that God has called for their life yeah. is just, for us, it's rewarding and satisfying. But just to know that somebody else is starting to pursue their dream is yeah. that will propel us for years and years to come. Yeah. It's just amazing. Because it's that one plus yeah. that one, and we're just seeing a multiplication. And I think for both of us, we're not really interested in just living a normal life. We want to see multiplication. We want to see our life invested in other people multiplying. And that brings us great reward and great satisfaction. Yeah, so it's funny. Many people pursue the big, grand <laughs> empire, building massive businesses, all that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. No. We set out with this idea of just impacting one person. And yet over the last year or two, we've touched tens of thousands of lives, many thousands of individual conversations with yeah. people through our YouTube channel, through Facebook, all the Sailing with Thankfulness things we have on social media. And it's just amazing that keeping the focus on to a real person, how much that can grow and really make a difference in the world. And I think that's what Jesus did with his disciples, right? He just had the 12 of them and then they went out and they had 12 and they had 12 and they made a massive difference, not only in those lives, but also in the culture of the mm. time. And uh, we believe that as we're following his call on our life and we're just impacting the one person, that there's a multiplication that happens with that. I love that expanding exponentially and not focusing on the mass numbers because that's a losing game, right? If you have 100,000 subscribers, what's next? 200,000? Versus right. you think about, say there's like a, like a teacher in school, they're just helping out one kid at a time. They're not saying, let me change 10,000 kids' lives. It's just one at a time, knowing that it will ripple out like a virus yeah. and it will all work out. And yeah, the, yeah, the, the chain keeps going, keeps paying it forward. And so in all your, your adventures, your travels so far, is there anything that sticks out to you 
as the most, I don't know, like the most profound moment or the, when I had a friend once who was sailing and he saw the, the Statue of Liberty and I was thinking like, that must be like a once in a lifetime moment. So has there been ever like a once in a lifetime moment in your travel so far? I don't know. It's not a once in a moment. It's an every day. Just when we're actually sitting up on the deck in the morning, the sun's just coming up. It's really quiet. And I'm sitting there with my coffee and my Bible. And to me, it's, oh my goodness, we're doing this. Carrie often tells a story about a fisherman. <laughs> and the fisherman, do you want to you, you no, say? No. Okay. The fisherman is, he's down by the water and he's fishing. And the businessman comes up to him and says, oh, what you're doing? He says, I'm fishing. He said, if you bought a boat, you could catch more fish. And he said, you should buy a boat. And he says, why should I buy a boat? So you can catch more fish. Why should I catch more fish when you can sell the fish and make lots of money? And why would I make lots of money? And the story goes on and eventually it's so that he can retire and go fishing. And the fisherman looks at him and says, but I'm already fishing. And so I think the thing that impacts me to answer your question so much is that we can go for that thing in the future, looking for that believable bucket list experience or whatever that huge thing is, or we can live in the moment today, every day, and be fulfilled and satisfied and, and content with every day. And so the most profound for me, thing for me is that shift from decades of pursuing money and arising, kingdom. kingdom building, <laughs> rising and falling and all that sort of stuff. And just to realize that we actually don't need any of that. All we need to do is pursue what we're called to do to make a difference in the world, whatever that means, and wake up every day knowing that you're doing what you're put on the earth to do. Yeah. And if you're doing that's it's it. Enough. Yeah, that's enough. And I not only it. is it enough, it's really satisfying. Yeah, in, instead of chasing something, you're living yeah. in the now, you're living in the moment. And so for those people who are now thirsty to find out more about what it is that you're up to, about where you're off to next, about what the next motivational message is, what's the next step? How do they find you and how do they follow? If you Google Sailing with Thankfulness, you'll find us. We've got our website, sailingwiththankfulness.com. Our most current travels are on Facebook. So that's Sailing with Thankfulness on Facebook. And then we have our YouTube channel, which is usually several months behind because it's a huge job to do all the videos, but it's all there as well. So yeah, sailing with thankfulness. Fantastic. Sailing with thankfulness. And Stephen and Carrie, you always hear about how important it is to, to keep the steady supply of motivational videos or read the self-help books. And that's all great to learn the facts and figures, but what better than to vicariously experience your life-changing and your calming travels. And so I think this is awesome for anyone who is looking to subscribe to some new YouTube channels or to follow some new social media, they should check out sailingwiththankfulness.com and stay up to date on where the two of you are up to next. So Sailing With Thankfulness. And before we wrap up our conversation here, is there anything you felt like we missed out or any last final words of advice you want to sneak in here? Yeah, so I would say, watch our videos, be inspired, and then take a step, yeah. no matter how small, just take a step mm -hmm. and dare to dream, yeah. pursue your dream and live your dream. Yeah.